Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. We continue making our way through the book of 1 Peter, and eventually to 2 Peter. We're looking at the lives of some people that are struggling because of uh, hardships that are in their life. They've been scattered because of persecution. They literally had to run for their lives, and, and they know what suffering and what problems are. Today we're going to talk about, tonight we're going to talk about faith in the fire. Um, after reminding his readers uh, of their position of blessings in verses 1 and uh, 2, uh, and, and the comfort brought by their possessions through Christ, verses 3 through 5, Peter turned back to the subject of trials and describe God's purpose in allowing trials to come into the lives of believers. I hear people question when trials come their way. Why does God let this happen? Why does God allow this heartache to come into my life? Well, we're going we're gonna to learn a little bit about that. and uh, Nowhere in the scriptures are you going to find what some preachers will preach, you come to Jesus and all your problems are going to go away. Uh, uh, historically, uh, when people got saved, their problems just began. Uh, and, uh, and I'm not going to be that kind of preacher that's going to deceive you into saying when you uh, are saved and you're walking with God that you're not going to have problems. Because I know better. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've seen it and I've experienced it and I know that you have too and, and so let's try to get some perspective in all of this tonight as we look at uh, uh, these next couple of verses uh, these two verses, verses 6, six and 7 uh, these two verses reveal both God's principles concerning trials and his purpose in trials you know there's a reason why we have those problems Sometimes we may not know what that reason is, but there's a reason God knows. He knows what, and He knows what's best for us. And I know that's hard when you're in the middle of your trial. It's hard to look and say, "What good could come out of this?" Yeah. I, I I know we have those kind of questions, and we're in pain, we're in, we're suffering. You know, we we have broken bones. We uh, we 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 have. Uh, Heart problems, circulation problems. We uh, we have all kinds of issues that are serious issues, and and we wonder where is God in all of this. And, and I hope we'll get a little bit of perspective. Uh, uh, you know, although trials and persecutions and temptations come into the lives of all persons, God uses these testing times to strengthen our faith and, and to add Christian qualities to His people. That can be added in no other way. Uh, let's look with me as we look at First uh, Peter chapter one, uh, verses number six and seven. The Bible says, "Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations or testings, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than than of gold that perisheth." though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the, pure, at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 
the first thing I want us to look at is the principles in trials. There are, some, there are certain principles about trials that we need to understand. You already know them. We're just going to bring them back uh, to our memory. Uh, first of all, we want to look at it that our trials are temporary. Our trials, trials are temporary. The first of God's principles regarding trials was that they are temporary. It says, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Uh, the phrase, wherein, here in this verse, literally means in this. And it refers to their living hope in verse number 3. It refers to their guarded inheritance in verse 4. And it refers to their secure salvation in verse 5, in which they were greatly rejoicing. Although the joy of their possession in Christ, along with the joy of their possession in Christ, uh, they were somewhat grieved by the trying time. You can imagine, they've had to leave home. they scattered all over, uh, we've talked about the different regions. Basically, it's all over the, the, the country today, known as Turkey. In different regions, they were separate countries, separate uh, divisions during that time. They're, they were all over in those places. Uh, they had to start over again. Uh, they had to flee persecution. Uh, if they stayed in Jerusalem, if they stayed where they lived, they would have been uh, jailed or possibly killed. They were fleeing for their lives, looking for a safe haven to worship the Lord, starting over. It's, it's not easy starting over. Sometimes we have to do that. I feel like I've done that a few times in my life. Uh, it wasn't, you know, just big major transitions when we when we left the United States to go to Romania. Uh, we consolidated all of our belongings into one little pallet. Everything that we had, we we eliminated all the the, the stuff that we just couldn't that we could just get rid of, and, and we moved to Romania. I had a bunch of action packers, and we. Uh, used them for furniture, we used them for forts, for storage, we didn't have furniture, we, we used them for, uh, we didn't have seats to go around the table, uh, and we used these boxes that we packed over there for years as end tables, and then whenever we left the field in Romania, we used those same boxes and we packed all of our stuff up and we came here and sold everything we didn't need, sold our house, sold our car, sold uh, all of our furniture, uh, everything that we had acquired over 16 years and just walked away and came here to the States and had to start over again. Uh, moved down to Arcadia uh, where I didn't know anyone. Uh, I didn't have a friend that I could go and, and have coffee with. I didn't, didn't have any contacts down there. All it was was just a free place to stay. And, uh, and so I went down there. You know, we had to start over. Uh, and it's difficult starting from scratch, starting over with nothing. Uh, even when we, by the time we came, came here to the church, you know, I, I, I didn't have any furniture. We had this house to, to move into, and, and we didn't have any furniture. And God blessed him. He provided furniture for the house and, uh, and, and, and helped us get started. Starting over is hard, and it's difficult. Uh, but all of these things... Uh, um, they, they, they add to your character, along with the joy of the, um, along with the joy of their possessions in Christ, uh, they were somewhat grieved by the trying times. The temptations means trials or ordeals, proving or testing. 
And then the, rejer- we, the word rejoice here in our text is an interesting word. It means to exalt deeply, to rejoice exceedingly. Strong says it means to jump for joy. Boy, that can't happen in the Baptist church. <laughs> you know, when you get into the meaning of some of these words, you, you folks that are, you know, kind of reserved and don't want, you know, your emotions to get out of control, and, and uh, you need to read the Bible and, and let, you know, let what, see what, what God's Word says and get into the meanings of this. To, to jump for joy is what Strong said. I didn't write Strong's, but most of y'all know who I'm talking about. Concordance. Right. Um, there's a similar word in Acts chapter 16 and verse 34 where it describes the Philippian jailer's actions after receiving Christ when he rejoiced, believing in God with all his heart. You know, you know, there's some joy going on in the heart of a person when they get saved. Uh, and, and if there's not any joy in their heart, then there's something wrong with the salvation. It was, there was some joy in, in, in Roger's heart today. And his joy spilled over in the lives of you folks as you became, known, as, as you became aware of the decision that Roger made. And, and uh, uh, it, it's, it's a joy. It's, it, it, uh, it should bring us some, some life to us. Not say, oh yeah, that was good. <laughs> Come on, folks. It was a great, great thing. Amen. And uh, we should be jumping for joy. <laughs> I won't do that. The camera's on. <laughs> we need to loosen up a little bit and see what, you know, see what, you know, do you feel it? Um, it, it to, to, uh, to jump for joy, even though they were severely tried, as James wrote, they were uh, to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Oh, goody. Got this heartache that has come on my life. Yay. Uh, that's hard. That's difficult. That's difficult. The recipients of Peter's level letter were continually rejoicing in what Christ had done in their lives. They're rejoicing because they, they were saved. That they had been changed, that they were no longer on the broad road that leads to destruction, that they were on the narrow road which leads to life, and, and they were they were enthused about that. Um, the recipients of Peter, Peter's letter were continually rejoicing what Christ had done in their lives, but for a season, which means a small or little or or short amount of time, trials grieved them, and they had to endure those moments when they were leaving home, leaving Jerusalem and, and going down the road, not knowing where they would end up. Those times would have been tough. That transition, going from place to place with whatever they could carry with them. They didn't have the, the luxuries of renting a lit U-Haul and putting all their stuff and just driving it to the next place and unloading. They took whatever they could on their backs and on their animals. And they left, not knowing but it was a short season. Um, their hope and joy in Christ was greater than the temporary grief brought on by the trials of their faith. Peter used this word season to remind them that the trials would not last forever. Um, just as seasons of the year come and go, the seasons of trials are limited by God 
would only be temporary. His trials are temporary. You know, have you had any trials during this past year? Are they still with you? Some of them. But some of them aren't. Some of them, it's temporary. It's for a season. It's for a season. Uh, Warren Wearsby uh, wrote, When God permits his children to go through the furnace, he keeps his eye on the clock and his hand on the thermostat. He knows, he knows what we're going through. Trials are temporary. And secondly, trials are necessary. If need be, it says, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. There will be times when believers need to go through trials. There are times when we need these trials. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 4, 19, that the children of God will suffer according to the will of God. Uh, Those trials come, and God's God's connected with those trials. He knows what's going on. He's he's involved. Um, In 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 it says, so, so they should think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice. Um, those times of adversity and difficulty when believers are driven to cry out to and to lean upon God are necessary for our spiritual growth. When you're in the middle of those trials, do you pray more? Do you realize where the healing comes from? Do you realize where the relief comes from? Uh, it's not from the doctors. It's not from circumstances. It's from God. And we lean on Him. He puts us in a position where we are reminded that He's in control of this. That He has everything in control. It's in His hands. And what he sees fit, and that we, we, we learn to depend upon him more. Because we can't do it ourselves. Um, Paul, Paul found this to be true by experience when the Lord told him after he, he prayed three times for his infirmity to leave. And, and the Lord's response was in, in 2 Corinthians uh, 12, 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. His grace is sufficient. God's strength is made perfect or, or, or made aware by our weakness. Uh, when we can't, God can. When, there, when we can't go that next mile, God can. And we have to depend upon Him to help us during that, go, that, go that distance. Um, Difficult times also are also productive. As James writes, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Realize you learn something during the trials. Something is being added to you. Some kind of a spiritual attribute is being added to you because of those trials. You're learning how to pray more. You're learning how to trust in the Lord more. You're lear- learning some things about faith. You're learning some things. We're learning about patience. And, and, and these are the qualities that we need to learn. That we, we, will, we will grow by these things. First trials are temporary. Next trials are necessary. And the third thing we see is trials are difficult. Um, Peter, Peter wrote, ye are in heaviness or you are grieving. 
You're in heaviness. There's nothing easy about experiencing trials or going through tribulation. It's not easy. Uh, they were in heaviness, meaning they be, uh, meaning being made sorrowful or in distress. Their trials caused them to experience grief and pain. Have we been there? Have we been there? Um, there it's not easy. It's hard. Um, the word heaviness is used to describe the Lord's anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night of His betrayal. As Jesus said in Matthew 6, 37, uh, 26, 37, began to be sorrowful and very heavy is the phrase that's in Matthew. Paul used the same word in a different form in 1 Thessalonians 4.13 to describe the emotions after losing a loved one. Ye that ye sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. The recipients of Peter's letter were experienced genuine grief and they that as they endured trials. Trials, first of all, are temporary. Trials are necessary. Trials are difficult. And trials are varied. They're different. Peter stated, through manifold temptations, different kinds of testings, different kinds of problems. Trials and temptation comes in various ways and look with different looks, with countless intensities and effects. Uh, one person may be having one kind of a trial, another person may be having a different kind of trial, and all of your trials are not going to be the same. Just when you think you got past one particular problem in your life, there's another one that creeps up and it's there. Um, and and, and we, we go from one trial to another. I, I thought as I was preparing this message, a song we used to sing with uh, Tanya and her sisters, and um, Lord, don't move that mountain. I, was gonna, I thought about having them sing it tonight, but I, they don't like getting sprung up on this thing. Lord, don't, get, don't move that mountain. Just give me strength to climb, is what the words say. If you move that mountain, I might get weaker every time. Uh, what, a, what a way to pray. Um, that's an understanding about what trials do in a Christian's life. It makes us stronger. Um, there, there are different ones. Uh, um, sometimes, uh, so, sometimes the testing are easy for one Christian, but they may be extremely difficult for another. Uh, younger tr- Christians seem to have harder time with trials as older people do. Why is that? Well, the older people have been through it before. They've grown. They've learned. And whenever they have experienced these kind of things and they've seen God work and the young person is still still trying to to figure all these things out and, and uh, the older person is a little bit more calm and not, as we say, freaking out. <laughs> uh, we, we've been there, we've seen it and, and we know that it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Um, the, trial, uh, uh, the trials are of one kind and another, uh, but these biblical principles and purposes regarding trials are true and applicable no, no matter what manner of tribulation may come. The good news in any variety of temptation is that in verse number uh, in first in First Corinthians ten thirteen, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful 
who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Do you believe that verse? Uh, that's a promise from God. Yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, it's going to hurt. And there's going to be different things thrown at us. But God's made a promise to us that He will not allow us to be tested more than we can bear. And, 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 and he, he allows these things to happen to test us, to improve us, to make us better. Uh, we, we've seen the... Uh, the The principles of trials. And uh, next we're going to look at the purposes for trials. Peter in verse number 6 revealed uh, God's principles for trials. Then in verse 7, uh, God's purposes for trials. Undergoing, undergoing testing, uh, enduring tribulations, and experiencing trials are easier if these events accomplish a purpose in a person's life. If you know that you're going, that there's going to be a purpose, it makes it easier to deal with it. It makes it easier going through the trial when you know it's making you better. It's help, helpful to understand uh, to understand that um, God neither permits or allows trials in the lives of His children without a purpose. He always does what is best for His own. Peter revealed four purposes for trials. First of all, uh, trials are to prove personal faith. Um, the subject of these verses is the, total, the trial of your faith. Trial is that by which something is tried and proved as a test. Um, Michaela had some tests this week. She's glad it's past her. <laughs> she, she's finished her first little bit of college uh, in her summer classes and she got past her test. She don't know what the result is, but she's She's confident. She got two A's in, the both, in, in each of the classes. She don't know what the final is, but she says she's certainly it's going to be an A. Uh, we have tests. Um, sometimes we, we don't do so well. Sometimes we, we do better than others. Our tests that come in our lives, how do we respond? Do we, do we allow these tests to overcome us and to... Uh, to get us, beat us down, sometimes people do. Some people, sometimes people, without without looking for what God's trying to do in that trial, they turn around and blame God and blame everybody else. It's always got to be someone's fault, and um, and they'll point fingers. They'll destroy relationships. They'll they'll leave church. They'll get mad at somebody at church. They'll get mad at somebody in their family. Relationships get on, on the rocks because of a trial that comes in your life. And, and um, it's kind of like, you know, you have a bad day at work and you come home and you kick the dog. And, and uh, that dog didn't have anything to do with your bad day. But you just kind of caught the blow of it. You know, sometimes we, we react that way. Um, just make sure you don't get them mixed up and kick the wife and kiss the dog. You know? <laughs> that will not be healthy either. <laughs> um, and, and, and so um, there's, a, there's reason for those trials, uh, and, and it's to help better us. Um, 
Uh, a similar word is found in James 1.3, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, when true faith is put to the test, it's made stronger as the testing process brings about endurance. Um, works patience. When you have a problem and you've had it before, you've worked your way through it. Next time you face that same problem, say, here I go again. You know, but I'll get through it. I know that because I got through it the last time. It's healthy when we remember what God has already done for you in the past. He's already carried you this far. He's got you through other situations. And it's healthy to remember. That's, that's one of the problems the children of Israel had in the Old Testament. God would, they would have a problem. God would solve the problem. And they'd move on to come to the next problem. And they'd forget about what God did before. They had their backs to the, to the, to the sea, the Red Sea. And they had the, the armies of Egypt coming after them. And God opened up the sea and allowed them to walk across on dry land. And, and then closed the waters on top of the armies of Egypt. And, and destroyed them. And they get over here for a little while, they get a little thirsty, and they said, now what are we going to do? You know, so, you know, God tells Moses, you uh, hit the rock, and water came out. And they drank water, they had water. A little bit later on, they got thirsty again. What are we going to do? You know, and, and you'd have figured out, you'd have thought that they'd have, they'd have known that God got this water thing worked out. If it's too much water or not enough water, he's, he's got the answer. But they kept forgetting, and we do the same thing. We do the same thing. When, we, when we've been blessed by God, He's got us through some kind of a trial, we come across another trial, oh my, what am I going to do? And, and, and we throw up our hands, we're not sure what, which way we're going to turn. Uh, but these trials are to prove our faith, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to work patience. Um, the purpose of trial is seen vividly in the life of Abraham when God asked him to sacrifice his, holy son, his only son, Isaac. After Abraham obeyed, the angel of the Lord intervened and said, For now I know that thou fearest God. Abraham's faith in God was tested to prove he feared and trusted God. I wouldn't have wanted to have had that kind of a test that Abraham had. Uh, but Abraham was up for it. Uh, he didn't know he was, but he was. In a similar way, God allowed Job to be tested so that his faith would become visible to his family and friends. The trials of Job resulted in his reward as God blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Job's possessions were doubled, his stricken children were replaced, and God was glorified as he proved to Satan that he did not, that he did not fear God for naught. Uh, God bless Job. I wouldn't have wanted to be in his place for nothing in the world. But he came through it. When you have problems, I don't want to be where you are. When I have problems, you don't want to be where I am. But we're glad when we get through it. And we help one another to help get through it. Um, trials test faith to prove its soundness. James wrote, Blessed is the man that endure temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. James 1.12 Trials 
are to prove your faith. And secondly, uh, trials are to refine your Christian character. To make you more, uh, to, to give you a, a more character in your, in your walk with the Lord. The trial of their faith was much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. Um, the trial of their faith was precious, meaning that costly at a great price, highly esteemed and valued. Um, for the Christian, the positive benefit of trials is much more valuable than gold. What you learn through your trials is more valuable than more money in your pocket. Uh, what you learn in those testings is more, it's going to stick with you for a long time. Just as fire refines gold, making it pure, so trials refine our character, making the believer more like Jesus. Job's trials had a purifying effect on him, for, for he said, When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Since the beginning of time, gold has been highly sought and prized. Um, I don't know when they discovered that it was a rare metal, but and how precious it was, but it's always been valuable. Uh, salt, on the other, thing, other hand, used to be valuable, but it's not so valuable anymore. They found a whole bunch. But gold is still very valuable. It's always been valuable. It's precious. Um, Peter compared the refining of gold to trials in the Christian life and argued that trials are more valuable. Uh, just as the smelting uh, separates the dross and impurities from gold, Trials eliminate spiritual contaminants from the believer. When you're in the middle of a trial, a testing, you're in the fire, as you grow through that trial, you come out on the other end better in your character, better in your Christian walk because of that trial. I hope you've seen that in the times past and times that you've been through trials before that, that, that those trials come, come and go for your good and maybe for the good of others around us. Uh, no, they're not pleasant. No, they're not fun. They're not something we look forward to. But they are for our good to help us, to refine us, to make us, make us uh, uh, better for the Lord. Um, it says, so trials are more precious than gold that perishes. Gold perishes, but the positive effect of trials lasts, uh, which renders them more valuable. Faith lasts, but gold quickly disappears. Uh, no goldsmith would burn up the precious ore, but put it into the smelting furnace long enough to remove, to remove the impurities. I used to watch the gold rush on TV. I don't know if it's still on I, Used to like that. I guess everybody else liked to see that and imagine getting rich, you know, by going up and digging gold out of the out, out of the mountains and out of the streams, and and uh, interesting to watch. And every once in a while, they'll show them uh, taking all that gold and melting it down and making a making a, uh, a bar of gold. Um, and you see the the black that kind of comes up when they're boiling that stuff and pouring it. It's, 
That's the impurities in that gold that's coming to the surface and they'll eventually continue refining that to get it more and more pure. And, um, uh, this this um, God will not allow His children to be destroyed through the purifying ordeal of fire trials, but He will bring them out more precious than before. The phrase tried with fire means to prove or approve by means of fire. The refine, to refine and to prove pure. This is a perfect picture of the fiery trials that affect followers of Christ. First trials are to prove your faith. Then trials are to refine your character. And next, trials are to increase your praise. Instead of loss... Fiery trials result in the third purpose to increase praise of the Lord. Uh, it says, might be found unto praise and honor and glory in verse number seven. Uh, it might be found in pr unto praise and honor and glory. Uh, far from bringing shame and defeat, trials bring glory and honor to Christ. Praise means admiration, Come commendation and praise. Honor means preeminence, worship, or, or reverence. Glory refers to the excellence, magnificence, and majesty, either revealed or recognized. Uh, these are qualities that we try to, um, to encourage in our worship when we come to the Lord, come to our church, and we, we worship together to praise Him. To honor Him, to to sing glory to Him, uh, I oh I wish I could just help you to just put everything into your to your voices and singing worship and praise to the Lord to 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 just worship Him and honor Him, uh, not be so reserved and just singing a song. Um, I, I'm afraid and I grew up in churches and uh, I know what it's like week after week sing the songs and follow the notes and you sing the songs and most of them you've got to memorize I've had to look at the youth the, the, the songbook pretty closely because we I haven't sung them for 16 years and forgot some of the words and, and I had to read the words but uh, the the message in these songs should really speak to your heart. You know, I guess it all depends upon what kind of a person you are. If you're a person who's soft-hearted, you might cry every once in a while. Uh, but have you ever cried by, by, by singing to the Lord? Has it ever brought tears to your eyes? I, I guess it, it depends on the person. Some people don't cry much. Some people are just too manly and too brute. And, you know, men don't cry. Although Jesus did. Uh, we, we, we hold it back. Have you ever worshipped to the point that brought you tears? I tell you, you're, you're getting close to worship when it brings you to tears. When you think of what He's done for you and who He is and what He means to you in your life, it will just stir your soul to 
to worship the Lord. For the obedient Christian, trials result in rendering praise and magnificent glory to God through Jesus Christ. Through trials, the believer learns that all honor, glory, and praise belong to the Lord. And he is willing to give it to them, to him. Are you willing to give him the honor and glory and the praise in your lives? Um, these tests may be intense and severe, but they will improve Christian character, making the believer more like his Lord. It's been said uh, that the Eastern Golden's, uh, goldsmith kept the metal in the furnace uh, until he could see his face reflected in the metal. Just as our Lord keeps us in the furnace of suffering until we reflect the glory and beauty of Jesus Christ. You know, it may be that we'll be in the fire long enough until we can reflect the beauty and the glory of Jesus. Trials are to prove your faith. Trials are to refine your character. Trials are to increase your praise. And lastly, trials are to enhance your longing for Christ. Trials are to enhance the Christian's longing for Christ. Through fiery trials, the believer gives praise, honor, and glory to God, anticipating the appearing of Jesus Christ. Uh, sometimes it's, 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 it's kind of a relief to, think, to anticipate Jesus. Well, I can't wait till the Lord comes back. I can't wait till He takes me home to get me out of this mess. <laughs> Uh, sometimes we get to that place that uh, we just get tired and we're ready to just go home and we anticipate His return. Uh, true Christians everywhere who have undergone severe testing and trials wait in anticipation for this glorious day. Are you looking forward to the Lord's return? What if it was tomorrow? Amen. Are you ready? I hope we have that kind of anticipation. I hope we look forward to it and we live every day like this may be the last time I have an opportunity to do something for the Lord. In anticipation. If we knew that He was coming tomorrow, what would we do today? What would we do today differently? If we went through life every day of our lives just that way, expecting Him to come tomorrow and living today as much as we possible to, to, to fulfill His wishes in that day, wouldn't our life be so much grander? <coughs> The reason for some fiery trials may not be revealed until He is revealed. But then when He comes, there will be an enthusiastic glory and praise for Him. You won't have no problems shouting for joy then. Uh, you won't have any problems worshiping with your heart and singing praises to Him. Uh, why don't we get started a little earlier? Why don't we worship? Why don't we praise Him? Why don't we 
understand that the trials that we go through are for our good, to make us better. Learn to trust in the Lord. Help us uh, to depend upon Him and to see that we get through it and grow through our trials. Um, We're going to have suffering. We're going to have heartache. We're going to have problems. And as long as you're on this earth, there's going to be another one just around the corner. Um, I heard one guy say one of the greatest verses that he ever remembered from the Bible. It says, and it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And uh, whatever it is that we're going through now, it's going to pass. If you're nothing going on right now and everything's good, you've got, got good things going in your life, and everything's good, brace yourself. It's coming. It's going to be another day. And we just go from one to the another, knowing that each time we go through it, that God's doing something special in our heart, in our life. He's purifying us. He's making us uh, pure. He's adding character to us. He's adding to our faith. He's adding to our patience. He's adding long-suffering. He's working on us. And uh, we need to accept that and realize that it's for our good. Amen.